You see, the thing about being a Pan-African is everybody is a Pan-African when it comes to talking the talk. But when it comes to walking the walk, then that's where most of these people who claim to be Pan-Africans begin walking back on their political ideologies and their stands on global platforms. The latest victim is the president of Ghana, President Nana Dutankwa Kufuado. Anytime he gets an opportunity to speak at global platforms, he always pitches himself as this great Pan-African who is championing for the revolution and renaissance of black people until that very renaissance knocked on his door. Then he said, no, not happening here. Um, Arikana Chihombari, Dr. Arikana Chihombari, Julius Malema, Peter Obi, um, was supposed, and Professor Peter Lumumba was supposed to have a rally in, 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 in Ghana, almost like a public lecture. But guess what? The president doesn't walk the talk at home, and he was scared that the chicken were coming home to roost. We'll come here again and again. If only to energize ourselves about which that was, which is good and right for the continent of Africa. Africa will rise and this struggle for Africa is an intergenerational struggle. The baton that we now wield will be passed from generation to generation. Africa is home to the biggest highest amount of natural resources from minerals to we have 65% today of the world all cultivated arable land. So imagine what we can do. We can feed the world. We can do everything. But ironically, because of what I started with, Fair leadership over the years. Africa is also home to the highest number of poor people. Hello there, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversations. My name is Sindhya Ganga. I am a digital content creator by profession and a business journalist. I love coming on here, having conversations with you guys about black people, Africans, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. Today, I want to to profile something that happened in Ghana over this first weekend. But before we get into it, I would like you to connect with me at Ondewa Ganga across all social media platforms and at Ondewa Ganga here on YouTube. You can go and search for my channel where I profile Africa through people, politics and culture. Amazing things coming beginning this January all across through the year. But that being that, let's get into today's video. So. I think two days ago, I saw Lady Delta Morteng post a flyer that there will be an African convention in Accra, Ghana. And the speakers were Dr. Arikana Chihombori, Julius Malema, um, Professor Piyelo Lumumba, and also Peter Obi from Nigeria. Now, if you know anything about Pan-Africanism, this is a formidable list of speakers. This is the cream de la cream of champions of, of the African Renaissance. They're the people that are talking about black power and the liberation, the second liberation of black people. I couldn't be more excited. And also they represented all parts of Africa. You know, um, Dr. Arikana Chihombori brings in the perspective of the diaspora, the voice of the diaspora. Julius Malema speaks of, of, with authority about the South. 
Professor PLO Lumumba speaks with authority about the East, and Peter Obi um, speaks authoritatively about the West. Um, those who do not know Peter Obi, he was a presidential election in the Nigerian elections that were concluded last year. And um, he was one of the front runners because his ideologies resonated with the youth of Nigeria who are seeking employment. They are seeking proper healthcare infrastructure. They want a system that works. They do not just want the old bureaucratic leader that regurgitate the same political nonsense year in, year out. So this is some of the reasons why these people were very influential and key. And this is a summit. You know, Ghana in Africa is, is seen as the beacon of democracy. Because unfortunately for many African countries, elections come with so much tension. Sometimes it's, it's mad with bits and pieces of violence here and there. But again, Africa has to go through its own democratic process and learn its lesson. But Ghana has always been at the top. They keep showing us that you, politics do not have to be divisive. They keep showing us that you can go to the ballot in a peaceful way. You can have a peaceful elections. You can elect the leader that you want. And even if you don't get the leader that you want and you're disgruntled, um, then you can resort to the opposition. And honestly, when the current president was in the opposition, when he lost the election to John Mahama, the opposition was very, very, very vibrant. And now that they're in power, all the promises that they've given the people, they've not lived up to those expectations. Now, to, in, in the spirit of fairness, a couple of things have happened. COVID-19 happened. And up to this day, nobody, everybody underestimated the impact of COVID-19, social, political, economic. The war in Ukraine is also having effect, and there's just a global slowdown of, of, of economics in the financial markets, yeah? So Ghana has had its fair share of troubles, and now this year they're gearing towards an election, and, uh, you know, this rally is, is, is almost, it's almost like it's the awakening that people needed, but also it poses a great threat to the president and the final year of his tenure. And I'll tell you why it poses a great threat, because young people are beginning to wake up. Young people are not, yes, party politics will always be at the center stage of how we do things. And it's gonna take a long while before we unlearn that tribal politics, but then at the core of it, no matter your tribe, if you don't have a job, if you can't go to the hospital and get proper healthcare, you know, Ghana has a problem with, with, with dialysis machines and kidney, um, patients with kidney problems have to pay through their teeth in order to get proper healthcare, you know, infrastructure is, 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 is not doing very great. They're struggling with illegal mining. So these are things that people want to be solved. And sometimes the government will gaslight you and tell you, oh, COVID-19, oh, war in Ukraine. Yeah, we get it. But we also get that you're misappropriating funds in the country, funds that you should use to develop and, and make our lives better. And so this rally poses a threat because these are things that all these speakers were going to point out. These are things that I am sure if Peter will be stood out there to speak he might not necessarily attack the president but he will call out he will call out poor leadership he will call out the fact that ghana should be very developed you know they have they have resources they have gold they have oil they have timber they have rubber they recently discovered lithium why is the country struggling you know these are questions that would have been asked these are questions that then the people take and go and pose to the government. And they're not just posing it as people, they now have backing. They have backing from 
West Africa, they have backing from East Africa, they have backing from South Africa, they have backing from the diaspora. But then again, I'll tell you why it was a great rally. It was supposed to be a great rally and a great renaissance because our people need to wake up. When I was, I went to study in China, there's so many things that I did not know that my eyes were open to. I'll give you a practical example. The Chinese came to Kenya and built a certain road. We call it Thicker Superhighway. And this road was it. We had never seen anything like that before. So it was, it was the greatest thing that has ever happened to Kenya, right? Until I go to China and I realized that it's not it. In fact, that road is the road they have in their rural areas. It's not the road they have in the urban areas. Their infrastructure is so modern, you know? And so sometimes it's not a bad deal, but we get the short end of the deal for as long as it's the deal. And it went to awaken my mind where I go like, wow. So this is what infrastructural development looks like. There's no traffic jump. The, the roads are very wide. Um, infrastructure is well, is well, segmented their bikes their buses brt there's a light rail you know air also air transport is not that expensive these are things that i got exposed to because i had traveled right one time i fell sick i went to the hospital and i was just like guys i know what the problem is it's malaria let's get down with it let's get over with it no they tested everything. They ran intensive blood works for three days. I had to go to the hospital every single day for three days. This was the fact that I was sick. They did an ECG. They did MRI. They tested for everything. And back then I was young, I didn't understand. But the older I got, the more I'm realizing that when they do that, whatever it is, they catch it very early and ensure you're healthy so that you're productive for the economy. And then I come back home and I see the big difference. Now, why do I bring this analogy? Because people who've been exposed, and not many of us have had that privilege, right? Not many of us have had the privilege to even travel outside of our villages or outside of our cities, right? And even if you do, you might not get to fully experience what systems that work look like. So to have people like maybe Julius from South Africa, Peter will be from Nigeria, PLO from, from, from East Africa, from Kenya, and Dr. Arikana from America. Then they come and tell you what functional systems look like. That is, we shouldn't be grateful that, that, that the government built roads. That is their job. And honestly, that road is, is, is below standards. Then they begin opening your eyes to the possibility of what your country could be. And you know, they're not speaking from utopia. You know, Ghana has so many great things that also these people will take away from that country and go and challenge their people with one of them being democracy, one of them being peace and stability. But also these people will bring in challenges that awaken the mind of the youth. And that is what President Kufuado in all his glory, standing in international platforms, talking about all oh, Africa, this Africa, that, that is what scared him. And it doesn't matter whatever games and gimmicks they were saying it's the person that was hosting the rally, it's this, it's this, it's that. No, it's just a matter of African politicians are beginning to realize that the divisive politics, the old politics, the politics of tokenism, the politics of handout, the politics of, 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 of giving you very little and robbing the rest of you is not going to work. And to be honest, what he's doing is just procrastinating the inevitable because you might, you might stop them from attending the rally, but guess what? You've now 
elicited interest in this people. This people will go online and watch all lectures of Malema, all lectures of PLO, all lectures of, of Peter Obi, all lectures of Dr. Arikana Chikomboro. They can come here on Africa Diaspora News Channel and watch our content. But then again, you can't stop that which its time has come. And so this is just a challenge to all the African leaders that say they're Pan-Africans, therefore Africans, aha, walk the talk. We're in Ghana to start a conversation about Africa. Africa for too long has suffered. And everybody knows the reason why Africa has suffered. People can try to present it in different stages. Prof speaks about it every day. Africa has been going through what it's going through because of what I always say is that it is due to one problem, leadership. It is failed leadership over the years that brought Africa where it is. I want to start a conversation because of what Dr. Arikana has said, talking to the youth of Africa, no continent in the world today have the potential of Africa. Not one. We are the second largest in terms of population and size. But our potential is far greater than even number one. Because today, Africa is the only continent that have a population of 1.1 billion youths, energetic, talented, <coughs> ready to leave the world in different areas of the world. Africa is home to the biggest, highest amount of natural resources, from minerals to we have 65% today of the world all cultivated arable land. So imagine what we can do. We can feed the world. We can do everything. But ironically, because of what I started with, failed leadership over the years, Africa is also home to the highest number of poor people. Out of the 700 million people in extreme poverty today, 431 million lives in Africa. Over 30% of our population, if you go to multidimensional poverty, out of 1.1 billion, over 60% is in Africa. With Congo and Nigeria leading. Today, in the surface of the world, Congo has highest amount of natural, call it minerals, over 24 trillion. Nigeria has similar situation. You can extrapolate Congo situation to all over Africa, where they have everything, but they are producing poverty. It cannot continue without youth. 
with the energy they have, they can lead the world in technology, in health, in entertainment, in everything. All they want is leadership, purposeful leadership. Why new dawn? He says there have been many dawns, but this is a new one with a new meaning and a new resolve. We'll begin to leave Accra, Ghana physically, but Accra, Ghana is our true emotional and intellectual north for Pan-Africanism. We'll come here again and again. If only to energize ourselves about which that is, which is good and right for the continent of Africa. Africa will rise, and this struggle for Africa is an intergenerational struggle. The baton that we now wield will be passed from generation to generation. Nana Bediako. Go forth with your new dawn Go forth. in the knowledge that fortunes favors the persistent, the patient, and the vigilant shall be well with you. The reason uh, the event was canceled is because uh, the young man who uh, was sponsoring it is a, is a millionaire and he has uh, uh, political ambitions. And I said, well, that's news to me. So I felt I should address this in case some of you journalists may have heard that as well. I can tell you as clearly and plainly as I can that I never heard the conversation about him being a millionaire. I never had a conversation about him having political ambitions. The time that I've spent with him has been more to do with entrepreneurship. So for those who are saying we are here to support him, uh, further his political ambition, that is a damn lie. Certainly, from my interactions with him, I don't know about whether he told Professor that. I don't know if he told uh, my brother, Honorable Peter that. I might want them to clearly state that, whether that conversation ever took place. But the interactions I've had with Nana, Pediago have been about entrepreneurship and the possibilities of what we can do if the African youth could be empowered. And how we can raise money to support African youth so they can build the Africa that we want. That's all the conversation I've had. Anything else, I do not know. But I felt I should let all of you journalists know, because I'm sure you're going to hear the same rumor that I just heard. These are the conversations I've had with my son. And I'll tell you one more thing. When the invitation came, Professor can tell you, I didn't know my son, but I had to do homework. What got me to accept the invitation is his age. And the fact that he's in support our youth, 
then who is going to support them? I hired a young man one time, he said, doctor, nobody wants to hire me because I have no experience. But how do I get experience if I don't get a job to begin with? I said, son, you are hired. I accepted an invitation from Nana, not because I knew him, but because of his age and the amazing things that he's doing at such a young age. It is that plain and simple. Anything else is a lie. I just want to well, that's all I had for you in today's video. Thank you so much for watching. Remember to like this video. Give it a thumbs up. It goes a long way to show the algorithm that you're enjoying the content and it can suggest it to more people. Um, comment down below what your thoughts are on the cancellation of that mega African convention in Accra, Ghana. And I'll see you again next time. If you'd like to connect with me at Ndewa Ganga on social media or at Ndewa Ganga here on YouTube, I look forward to connecting with you.